politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen to the one and only CR podcast. Daniel Horowitz, your host, back in the house here for another terrific day, Thursday, April 8th. And I am thankful to be back. Um, some of you might have heard me croaking the last couple of minutes with Shannon Joy on air yesterday. Well, I ran out a couple minutes later and I was throwing up the rest of the day. It was awful. Just a bubonic plague. It was the first time both my wife and I got sick in the same day at the same hour and also two of the other kids. So it was pretty tough. Um, the infant was basically just wandering around because no one could take care of her, although the nine-year-old did pitch in a little bit because he already had it. And I got a lot to say about that. I don't want to gross you guys out with you know, vomit and things like that. But I just bring this up to start today's show, and I am still just very much under the weather, but I really did want to get back to you guys and not miss anything this week. I was thinking I was sicker than I would have gotten from COVID, and my kids were exponentially sicker than they would have gotten. And it's pretty awful. I mean, I lost my voice. You know, it's just the, the retching and the throwing up. Throwing up could be pretty scary. But it's something we've always kind of lived with, and it happens to us every year or two or three years. You get one of these stomach viruses. Imagine if you made a movie, you know, like those bubonic plague movies showing people retching and throwing up. You could scare the living daylights out of people and take something that we normally live with and use that as an impetus to destroy the world if you so wish to do so. And... Truth be told, when it comes to kids and really young, uh, certainly younger adults, a stomach virus is much, much worse than anything you're going to get from uh, coronavirus. So that was just the thought I had as I was thrown up and really feeling as more miserable than I've ever felt in several years at least. So I am thankful to God that I'm feeling a little bit better today, but I am a little bit behind. Today I want to discuss the need to evacuate from the globalist tyranny before it's too late. We are getting sucked in to this tyranny quicker than we could even imagine. I was reminded of this by Andrew Torba, the CEO of Gab. He put out a post with 10 points that I think are worth going through, how to evacuate and just create our parallel society, a parallel universe, and eventually a parallel country. We have no choice. We have no choice. I want to get back to that a little later. First, a word from our sponsor. If you want to create a parallel society and economy, one of the things you have to do is break from the big name products, services, and one of them is mobile coverage. Um, whoever you use for your cell phone service, I can guarantee you they are giving money to the left. Patriot Mobile, on the other hand, is the only Christian conservative wireless provider in America. They've just dramat dramatically expanded their coverage, which will make it easier to dump the big carriers. Um, plus, you could switch with confidence because they use the same network as those large providers, but they actually charge much less. You could keep your phone number if you choose. You could get a new phone. 
Um, you could have a bundle with multi-line discounts. Go to patriotmobile.com slash CR or call their U.S.-based customer service team. U.S.-based, by the way, 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Veterans and first responders save even more. This month, you can get free Premier Activation where they set up your phone for you and a special gift with offer code CR. So again, patriotmobile.com slash CR, offer code CR. That's patriotmobile.com slash CR or 972-PATRIOT. I want to start off with an email. I want to get to Andrew Torba's 10, 10 points, but uh, I want to start off with an email just to frame what we're seeing here. The degree of tyranny we are seeing, how illogical, immoral, in- inhumane, illegal, unconstitutional it is, and we've just acceded to this for a full 12 months, 13 months, clock is ticking. So this is a 22-year-old, Ty, from Southwest Oregon, not not even one of the more liberal areas like Portland or Eugene, more of a rural area. And I, I guarantee you this is happening in certain cities in 50 states, if not in all cities, in many states. My mother is the head track coach and assistant cross-country coach at the local high school. Um... Every single runner is required to wear a mask that covers their mouth and nose while running the 3.1-mile race. OSAA, I guess those are the Oregon School Association, whatever, is threatening kids who do not cross the finish line with their mask covering their nose with disqualification. My coworker, who is also a XC coach at the opposing school, noted to me, how their own athletic director was kicking parents out of the parking lot who came to watch their kids and disqualifying the kids who crossed the line without a mask on. Kids were reportedly gasping for air and complaining to their coaches at the lack of oxygen they received while competing. The masks get sweaty and very hard to breathe through, especially through a rigorous event like the 5K race. Similarly, in other sports like volleyball, football, and soccer, players must wear a mask on the field at all times and there are no parents that are allowed to attend the games to watch their kids. Folks, this is outdoors, by the way. My coworker and my mom were livid. My mom came home to me almost in tears with what they are going with what they're doing to kids. The high schools plan on going back in person next month. They require color groups of the kids to stay within their group, socially distanced and masked at all times. They are shortening class periods, extending hall passing periods to ten minutes to let all the disinfecting spray dry. Worst of all, the schools are hiring six new campus monitors to stand outside each bathroom at all times to only let one student in the restroom at a time. My mom is also a PE teacher at the high school, and the kids are required to wear the mask at all times while exercising. My mom noted it would be better not to go back to school at all with these ridiculous edicts, as I've noted. After being a public school teacher for over 20 years, she plans on quitting her job after this year because she is so fed up. You know, folks, throughout this week, I've been noting with Holocaust Remembrance Day, the Yom HaShoah, that so many of us have commented that for the first time in so long, or really ever, we now recognize how Nazi Germany was able to take root in Western Europe in the 20th century. When you focus on public health in order to achieve a certain ends of a state 
at all costs. They don't need to provide evidence. They don't need to abide by human rights. The individual is meaningless. I want to play for you four amazing minutes. Just the beginning of a 45-minute interview of a Holocaust survivor. This was just posted this week at IsraelNationalNews.com. If you want to Google it, it's Holocaust Survivor Medical Mandates Today Are a Major Step Backward Towards Genocide. Her name is Vera Sherov, founder of the Alliance for Human Research Protection. She was speaking to the German Corona Committee. Take a listen to what she had to say. My perspective is informed by my experience, by the historical record, and by the empirical evidence. We were required, as Germans know, to wear a yellow Star of David to identify us, to segregate Jews. Exclusionary laws barred the family from normal life, from attending ordinary activities. Our property was impounded. We were forbidden to participate in all educational, religious, cultural gatherings. Travel was forbidden for Jews, so there was no escape. These painful memories from my childhood sensitized me to the threat posed by current restrictive government dictates. You know, in 1776, Benjamin Rush, a doctor and signer of the Declaration of Independence, foresaw the danger of medicine organizing as what he called an undercover dictatorship. Under the Nazi regime, moral norms were systematically obliterated. The medical profession and institutions were radically transformed. Academic science, the military, industry, and clinical medicine were tightly interwoven as they are now. The Nazi system destroyed a social conscience in the name of public health. Violations against individuals and classes of human beings were institutionalized. Eugenics-driven public health policies replaced the physician's focus on the good of the individual. German medical profession and institutions were perverted. Coercive public health policies violated individual civil and human rights. Criminal methods were used to enforce policies. Nazi propaganda used fear of infectious epidemics to demonize Jews as spreaders of disease, as a menace to public health. This is a hallmark of antisemitism. Blame the Jewish people for existential threats. In the Middle Ages, Jews were blamed for the bubonic plague and the black plague. Fear and propaganda were the psychological weapons the Nazis used to impose a genocidal regime. And today, some are beginning to understand why the German people didn't rise up. Fear kept them from doing the right thing. 
Medical mandates today are a major step backward toward a fascist dictatorship and genocide. Government dictates medical interventions. These undermine our dignity as well as our freedom. First, it was vaccination mandates for children. Now it's for adults. The stark lesson, <clears throat> excuse me, of the Holocaust is that whenever doctors join forces with government and deviate from their personal, professional, clinical commitment to do no harm to the individual, medicine can then be perverted from a healing humanitarian profession to a murderous apparatus. Folks, wasn't that utterly insane? She was very poised, very articulate, very smart. Uh, she must have been young when she came from Germany to the U.S. And, you know, she obviously studied our founders. Unlike so many people in America who've lived here for generations. Dr. Benjamin Rush, one of the greatest founders. If you want to know the full quote she was pulling from, I'll read it to you. This is from Dr. Benjamin Rush, 1776. Unless we put medical freedom into the Constitution, the time will come when medicine will organize into an undercover dictatorship to restrict the art of healing to one class of men and deny equal privilege to others will be to constitute the Bastille of medical science. All such laws are un-American and despotic and have no place in the Republic. The Constitution of this Republic should make special privilege for medical freedom as well as religious freedom. Medical freedom as well as religious freedom. And I thought that was unbelievable. I can't believe I never heard of that quote from Dr. Benjamin Rush, one of the most religious of the founders as well. How about it, folks? That is pretty crazy. That is nuts. We need to break away before we become like Nazi Germany. Anything it takes to make red states secede in some way is what we need to do. Now, again, another way is to make sure you don't have Gmail and Yahoo tracking you. Today's sponsor, Startmail, they have an email service that will keep all of your email private, period. Every email is encrypted. Even the recipient does if even if the recipient doesn't use encryption, which means big tech can't read, scan, or analyze any of your personal information. Not even the government can snoop around. Startmail also prevents government agencies from spying on you. With Startmail, they delete everything. When it's deleted, it's gone forever. They use their own servers, not Amazon, so they're not going to have the parlor problem. Startmail is also backed by the most stringent privacy laws in the world. You can get an unlimited anonymous aliases with your email. Basically, what that does is the feature protects your main email address from spam and phishing attacks. So when you're giving your email to a company but want to protect your ID, Startmail can generate a shareable alias email. It's a really good function. Um, I actually just set up a couple of weeks ago my Startmail account, um, Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com. So I'm going to start transitioning to that. You could email me there, Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com. Um, folks, I don't trust big tech and neither should you. It's time to ditch spy, spy mail and switch to start mail. Start securing your email privacy with start mail. Sign up today and you'll get 50% off your first year. You got to go to startmail.com slash conservative. That's start mail with a T. 
S-T-A-R-T, mail.com slash conservative for 50% off your first year. Startmail.com slash conservative. Now, folks, that quote from Vera was just unbelievable. That, that's just the first four minutes. It's a 45-minute interview with the German Corona Commission. It's riveting. It's, it is unbelievable. But when you read stories about them forcibly masking children that, don't, that aren't threatened at all by this virus outdoors when they have no symptoms while exercising, how we have allowed this to go on without lawsuits and without ending this in all the states, it's honestly shocking to me. So there's a lot, lot of news I want to unpack today. I'm probably not going to get to all of it just because I am I'm just very weak and under the weather. I haven't eaten for a day. Again, I mean, a stomach virus is much worse to children. And yet there's no problem. You could send kids to school if everyone in the house had a stomach virus as long as they test negative for COVID. It's mentally ill. But what we are doing to kids in sports is unbelievable. You know, researchers from University of Wisconsin School of Medicine and Public Health, um, maybe it was a month or two ago, they published a preprinted study where they tracked 30,704 high school athletes in the state of Wisconsin during the fall. And the fall, if you remember, Wisconsin was the number one peak state. Like October, it was spreading wildly there. That's when they did this study. And they found that despite 30,000 student athletes that participated in almost 17,000 practices and 4,378 games during the peak of Wisconsin's fall spread, the rate of incidence among those students was actually lower than the rate of incidence among the general population of 14 to 17-year-olds, meaning it was even lower than the general population of kids. It was 32.6 per 100,000 as opposed to 38.1. According to the authors of the cases with a reported known source, 55% were attributed to households, um, followed by community contact, which was 41%. um, Just 0.5% were sports contact. No, I'm sorry, I read that wrong. Just one individual out of 30,000 players is believed to have contracted the virus through what was suspected to be transmission from the sporting event itself. Think about the flu season. Stomach viruses. How many things are passed along to kids? This is less than anything ever done, yet we are making kids wear masks. And there's no pushback. No pushback. See, one of the things that we've been doing here is we've allowed them to posit something. Maybe this could spread on some level and give someone an asymptomatic case in this way. And we allow them to use a 1% argument as a 100% argument. So think about it. You have kids asymptomatic outdoors. What is the likelihood of harm coming out of that? Less than anything we ever do on a daily basis. But they put it all together. When do we ever do that? with evidentiary standards of any science or medicine or anything? What happened to the legal balancing test that when you take away a fundamental right, you have to show that it's absolutely necessary, it's the least restrictive means of doing it. 
it balances out against the harms, which is required under emergency use authorization of masking. This is sick what is going on. It's utterly disgusting. I can't believe we're allowing this to go on as a people. But you know what's crazy, folks? Speaking of kids, I don't know if you guys saw this, but they came out with a... CDC came out with a report yesterday on pediatric deaths. So they studied death certificates from 182 supposed kids that died from COVID. Which, I mean, literally, um, I think one of my friends, Emily Burns, who is working heavily on the mask issue, she worked out the infection fatality rate for for kids would be something like five from five to 17 years old would be 0.001%. But anyway... Out of the 184, so I always wondered, you know, it's so few, we never really delved into it, but how many really died of COVID? So they found, this is CDC's own report, it was bombshell, came out yesterday. 35% had, quote, COVID-19 with no plausible chain of event or significant contributing condition. In other words, they found 35% of the ascribed COVID pediatric deaths to be complete bull. As we figured, I mean, kids unfortunately die all the time. People die of rare things, and they only live, you know, five, ten years for various reasons, heart conditions and whatever. There's no evidence. And then even if you peel into it a little bit further, the uh, 38.5% had COVID-19 and at least one chain of event condition in addition to that. So when you boil it down to it, how many kids really died of this? It's definitely a lot less than the flu that cleanly died from this. And then and then again, it's not just the death, but the hospitalization and the just the symptoms. Believe me, what my family has gone through with this stomach virus is worse than I've known anyone to get COVID if they're a, a kid or a young adult. And we never stopped our life for that. So that's a fascinating study. Maybe I'll write about that later. But um, it was buried there in CDC's uh, study. And then again, we're talking about outdoors. Outdoors masking kids. You know, it's funny. Fauci admitted that outdoors there's no spread. Which is why he tried to say Texas is doing good because it's outdoors. He made that up. They're more indoors than the northern states, which are, which have increasing cases. But the point being, why is he not calling the dogs off and saying, how in the world could you take people that have no symptoms and they're children and it's not a threat to them and they don't spread and it's outdoors and make them wear a mask? This is from the Irish Times. Just one confirmed case. One confirmed case of COVID in every thousand is traced to outdoor transmission. Of the 232,164 cases of COVID-19 recorded in the state, this is Ireland, um, up to March 24th, just 262 were a result of outdoor transmission, representing 0.1% of the total. Can you imagine that, folks? 
It's unbelievable. And we're still making kids mask up outdoors. Let me give you some more information. The Department of Defense came out with a coronavirus study. No, not study, but I'm saying if you look at the cumulative totals of coronavirus cases. After one year, 14% of the active military have reported COVID infection. Now, again, I'm sure it's much more, it's closer probably to 40%, but these are the known cases, confirmed cases, 14%. Just 0.1% have been hospitalized and 0.002% have died. In other words, it's less impactful than a flu. Less impactful than the flu. Just 24 deaths in the military. And again, you got to know how many of them were really even cleanly from that. But the military is predominantly young adult. And this stuff just doesn't get out. It just doesn't get out. Doesn't matter. It's, it, it's truly disgusting. How have we not had a case on masking? Go before the Supreme Court. And folks, I don't know if you saw this, but um, where was this? The Today Show put out on Twitter, I'm not kidding you, they put out a graphic. Some states with stricter rules are now seeing surges in COVID-19 cases, while many others that rush to reopen are experiencing sizable drops. The numbers have experts scratching their heads, and they, they show a graphic of the entire Northeast plus Michigan going up and some of the southern states going down. And they're like, it's a head-scratcher. It's not a head-scratcher. It all It's seasonal and geographical until you reach herd immunity. If you reach it, you don't have a problem anymore. It doesn't matter what you do. You know what? In Britain, they just came out with this. In Britain, the UK Telegraph reports that they believe they have achieved herd immunity. I mentioned this uh, before. They believe that, where is this? Britain will pass the threshold for herd immunity on Monday, according to dynamic modeling by University College London, placing more pressure on the government to move faster and releasing restrictions. According to the UCL results published this week, the number of people who have protection against the virus, either through vaccination or previous infection, will hit 73.4% on April 12th, enough to tip the country into herd immunity. The number is in stark contrast to the modeling released by Imperial College this week, which suggested there were... Imperial College, just 34%. So remember, we talked about the antibody testing, which showed 54% had antibodies. But we know that about 1 in 10 people who have some sort of innate immunity through other coronaviruses. So they don't need to get infected. And then others who did get infected had T-cells kick in without showing it. I mean, without displaying antibodies. So they believe they're going to be at 73.4%. So that's why even with the Kent variant, there's nothing doing there. Other places, there is what's doing there. It's all about seasonality, geography, until you reach herd immunity. All you can do is prophylax, treat early, treat the people who need to be treated, and have the healthiest lifestyle you can, being outdoors, having filtration systems. We, what we should have done, we didn't do. What's antithetical to what we should have done, we did. Making people gain 30, 40 pounds by 
panicking them, locking them indoors, plummeting their vitamin D levels. It's truly immoral what our government has done. Truly, truly immoral. But that's where we are here. But folks, I've been mentioning for quite a while the fact that I said I didn't understand how we could go on this long with the forced masking criminalizing human breath. You can't move, you can't obtain vital goods and services in society without covering your nose and mouth. Given our body of case law, how everything is a human right, every positive benefit, not just a negative where I just want to be left alone, but I want a right to something is recognized by the courts. And if government wants to take away that, they have to show a tremendous amount of evidence. This is the only way to do it. It's a limited time and scope. And how somehow when it comes to the masking, it's all out the window. And I brought up the concept of Griswold and Roe in the past. How, you know, basically the government said there's a right to privacy. I mean, the the Supreme Court says there's a right to privacy. How for, for years, the whether we like it or not, the courts have said that you could stick a fork in a baby's head. Right? 100% you're killing the baby. It's not maybe you can catch a virus from the asymptomatic person. 100%. 100%. You could point to the baby. It's this baby. Right? You are taking a fork and sticking his head because at the end of the day, according to the court, it's my body, my choice. I have a right to bodily integrity. So I have a right to take an action. Put another way, government can't regulate my action. Okay? Hold that thought. We're saying that government could regulate your inaction, criminalize your unrestricted movement and breath, and force you to take an action against your body because maybe that might harm someone when prima facie you have no symptoms, even if you had the virus already, and there's no particularized individual that you're threatening. It's abstract. It's not proven. And then certainly there's no proof that the mask works. And we have proof from 12 months worth of data from everywhere in the world where there's absolutely zero correlation, much less proof or causation, that they have altered the trajectory, the natural ebbs and flows of the virus one bit. But a friend of mine who's a lawyer, Jonathan, he's my neighbor, He, I was looking for this because I knew we had a case like this a few years ago. All the time the courts strike down very important common sense state laws. We, we talk about this on the show. We've been talking about it for six years. Under the guise of, well, it's a fundamental right. You're taking it away from someone, even when it's not really a fundamental right. And he pointed me to Packingham v. North Carolina. You could look it up. Packingham v. North Carolina. And there's a lot of very important things to glean from here. But basically, this is a, this is a 2017 case. Um, North Carolina had a law barring child sex offenders, convicted child sex offenders from going online, from from going on social media. Right? It's like, hey, you know, you've been proven to have problems with social media. You're off. Supreme Court ruled it's unconstitutional and violates the First Amendment. It was not, quote, a sufficient compelling interest to restrict a sex offender from using social media because they believe social media is, quote, a protected space. A protected space. In other words, in the opinion, 
the Supreme Court acknowledged that a person without access to big social media websites cannot function in society. Quote, by prohibiting sex offenders from using those websites, North Carolina, with one broad stroke, bars access to what, for many, are the principal sources for knowing current events, checking ads for employment, speaking and listening in the modern public square, and otherwise exploring the vast realms of human thought and knowledge. Wow. Now, let's put masks on the shelf for a minute. I want to get back to that. But just as an aside, this whole debate over whether the entire big tech could collude with government to box out all conservatives from accessing cyberspace. I mean, based on this 2017 case, they believe that this is vital as anything and you can't do that. But that's that's just an aside. But, folks, think about this. You have a sex offender. He's proven to be a threat to kids. Proven to be a threat. And nonetheless, they're saying you have... You cannot live without a positive action. Remember, government is not regulating your inactivity, saying you must take an act. It's like it's like the equivalent of mass are like saying you have to walk around with like a a condom or something. I don't know, whatever. That would be the equivalent. They're not saying that. They're saying don't access social media. But they're saying social media is a protected space. You can't live without it. It's the principal source of knowledge. Without it, you can't live a productive life. Yet you're telling me that your nose and your mouth are not protected spaces? That's not First Amendment? And and again, here it's not government regulating an activity of yours. It's regulating an inactivity of yours, making you take an action against your natural flow. This is the Fourth Amendment on steroids. You're restraining someone's mouth and nose. There is no way this is constitutional. And there they had a compelling interest. Here we're telling any person, no matter the circumstances, no matter whether they have symptoms or not, because if they don't have symptoms, the, the likelihood of spread, every study has shown, is very low. And then, of course, there's the efficacy of masks. Now, maybe I'll, I'll get to this later, but um, there's a body of literature on masking even for surgeons. And, and mind you, that was only to prevent splashes, not microbiology, not viruses. And the control group did better, meaning those that didn't have masks actually had fewer infection outcomes from the surgery. This is the sort of information these vermin don't want you to get a hold of, which is why, if you saw yesterday, YouTube took down Ron DeSantis' roundtable. Can you imagine you have a governor... With a two-hour roundtable, so it's not like a misleading thing. Anyone could watch it and watch the ebb and flow, the questions dealing with every kind of important scientific question that intersects with the public policy of the virus. Has someone from Stanford, Oxford, Harvard. They took it down. They just took it down because people can't be allowed to see that. Yet how many Republicans could we even find Speaking with moral clarity on this issue. I don't know about you, but I can't find them. So yesterday, there's half good news, half bad news. North Dakota, I spoke about this uh, yesterday a little bit at the end. The Senate passed HB 1323. It already passed the House 50 to 44. 
so the bill initially barred all local mask mandates. And the point of that really is the school boards, because that's the whole thing I'm I've been observing forever. All these states that supposedly got rid of the mandate, most school districts, they still have it. And that's the whole enchilada. That's the most important aspect of this. Well, they did pass it, 30 to 17. Eight Republicans voted against it yesterday. But what they voted against was a gutted version of it. So they had an amendment basically only applying it to statewide elected officials. So no statewide elected official or the unelected state health director can impose a mask mandate. Now you might say, well, the governor already took it off. The whole point was to get the localities and the schools not to do it. Well, at least it permanently codifies it, so they can never do it again. So that is a victory. It's going to go to conference committee, so hopefully we'll get that. But notice we had a bunch of Republicans go south on us. Now, first I want to commend Amber, our team leader for the North Dakota um, Liberty Strike Force team. That's really our first Strike Force team up and, and running in full force. They did a great job driving calls, holding rallies, and, and the members really felt it. Now, I am hearing there are some ways that they're going to, the conservatives are going to try to push another bill that's going to backhandedly make it hard for local superintendents to impose this. But again, I mean, this just shows how how much we have our work cut out for us, that we weren't even doing this in the reddest of states until recently. But this is great. This is what I mean by pushing these inflection moments of really exposing these votes that people didn't focus on until now and then throwing out those rhinos. But to come full circle, what does this all mean to say? I mentioned to you I wanted to read a 10-point plan from Andrew Torba of Gab. And um, by the way, I'm, I, I, I don't use it that often. I should do it more often. I am on Gab at Daniel underscore Horowitz on, on Gab. But as I mentioned, basically he um, he talked about self-separating. I'm just going to read off his list. Number one, pull your positions out of their useless stock market and buy Bitcoin, gold, sil- silver, food stores, and ammo. Bitcoin is free speech money. Learn what it is and how to use it now. Two, national elections are a big distraction. Members of Congress are bought and sold like cattle by the oligarchs, foreign nations, and whoever has the money. Instead, center your focus on getting American populace and Christian men and women elected mayor, state legislature, judges, school boards, and you know this is what I've been preaching for a long time. Three, cut the cable cord. That includes both Fox and CNN. Do not watch it. Do something else with your time and money. Support alternative media outlets and individuals. Get that garbage Marxist indoctrination content machine out of your home and away from your family. And again, you could always subscribe to Blaze Media. Um, and this show is is certainly free, the content. Four, exit the big tech mind prison, join Gab. You know, um, that's certainly one of them. And like I was mentioning, Patriot Mobile for your carrier, your mobile carrier, and Start Mail for your mail service. Um, you know, look, look, I must say, I was pretty late to this game, too. You know, when you have everything all set, it's kind of tough to change things, but it was a kick in the pan, so I've been changing things as well. Um, another interesting thing, he says, if your church has gone woke, leave it. You know, that's the thing. Get together in your community and form your own church. I had to do that with a synagogue. I 
have to do the same thing. I mean, most people are conservative, but in every place, you could have 98% of people who voted for Trump, but the 2% who didn't run the place. It's unbelievable. And, you know, when it came to the COVID fascism, everyone got scared. So this is something you need to do. Leave big banks for community banks. Start supporting small local shops. Create pro-family, pro-business, and pro-law and order policies for your local area. We can't control D.C., but we can control what happens in our backyards. Pull your kids out of public schools where their minds are being molded at the altar of Marxism. Do everything and anything you can to homeschool or attend Christian private schools or online schooling programs. Pay attention to the brands you buy and support. Check out their websites and marketing. If they are woke, stop giving them money, period. And some of this is going to be hard, but this is ultimately where it has to go. We can't get sucked in. Because, folks, this doesn't end well. Vera, I mean, listen to that 45-minute speech she gives. Holocaust survivor on medical mandates. Very, very scary. We don't have to predict what they might do in the future. They are already regulating our breath to the point of just demonic outcomes with school children. By the way, a friend of mine, they have a group in Florida, Jen Cabrera, uh, she put this out on Twitter. They're culturing, um, they're culturing kids' masks, and they're finding E. coli on them, which is obvious. I mean, they freaking take them into the bathroom, put them on in every surface imaginable. Truly sick. We live in a country where we have a ruling elite that will do anything they can for power. Their racial agenda, their medical agenda are now the lead weapons in their arsenal. So we talked a lot about the medical. There's a lot going on on the racial stuff. Do you know, do you know that recently we've had the Fort Detrick, Maryland attack which was a black person. Um, the attack on the police officer who died, unlike in the Capitol Hill attack where no one, no police officer died directly from that in the end, it turns out. The only one who died was Ashley Babbitt. So the guy who was rammed, the police officer, no one, no, no, no one's ever heard of him. But the perpetrator was a Farrakhan guy. And then now we have um, the South Carolina attack. Some of you might have seen this, five dead in South Carolina, a former NFL player fatally shot a doctor, his wife, and two of their grandchildren, another person, before turning the gun on himself. And again, to me, it doesn't matter. It's more the jailbreak, the lack of deterrent. But let's say you have 100 attacks, and one out of 100 are white, and 99 of them are black. And they focus on the one that's white, even if there's no evidence that it was like racially motivated. And they build an entire narrative and they use that as a blood libel to persecute whites. But it's the obfuscation of all this other stuff that if you would understand it, you'd see, well, no, it's not the prevailing problem in the country. If anything, it's the other way around. We have BLM activists now threatening to write if Chauvin is not convicted. 
If George Floyd's murderer is not sentenced, just know that all hell is going to break loose, Maya Eccles said in her TikTok account. Don't be surprised when buildings are on fire. How are they not designated as a terrorist group? How are they not in the DHS threat assessment bulletins? Well, because we live in a Nazi government that just you know, reversed the pyramid. And by the way, we see it's all coming apart now. The suspected drug dealer that gave Floyd the drug, some of you might have seen this as well, it turns out he could totally resolve this case because we would find out exactly how much, you know, the, the drugs he got. He doesn't want to testify. His lawyer said he'll self-incriminate and might be liable for third-degree murder, meaning for selling someone drugs that killed them. could be third-degree murder. Now, you'd think, why wouldn't the prosecution give him immunity? I mean, we never care about drug cases anymore. This is the big enchilada. So give him immunity to testify in the, in the Chauvin case. No, because if he testified, it would come out this whole thing's a fraud, and he died of a drug overdose. And now we see there, you know, the whole thing of putting the knee on the neck. It's the neck area. They're saying the neck area. Because again, he did not choke him out. He checked him, like we said from day one. So here's where we are. And the lie, and, and the, the lie about uh, the Capitol Hill stuff is is getting unraveled as well. One after another, judges are finding there was no premeditated Proud Boys attack. It wasn't premeditated. It was what everyone saw it was. A few people spontaneously got out of hand in what was largely a peaceful protest, and then it fed on itself. You had agent provocateurs, but most of it was exaggerated. It's funny how the facts come out, but it's too late. The country has already been changed from COVID, from the medical lies. The country has already been changed from the racial lies. The point is, we cannot live harmoniously with people like this. That is the biggest thing we need to realize. And that's why it's so important to sign up for ConAction.network, our Constitution Action Network teams, particularly in red states where we have the majorities. We got to push an agenda that will force a self-separating. And the way you're going to do that is the more you do this, the more you push solid legislation, the more the left is going to have to evacuate from these states, which is what we need. That's not collateral damage. That's part of the point. You know, Asa Hutchinson was complaining yesterday. Oh, well, we have big corporations here. I think he was referring to Tyson's and Walmart. It's funny because he told Tucker he never met with any corporations. Like, that's not what motivated him. Well, it turns out it was. But folks, this is all to say we got to evacuate before it's too late. Take it from a Holocaust survivor there. Again, you could view that video at um, israelnationalnews.com. Again, as always, subscribe to conaction.network. If you want to be a team leader, if you have the time, the acumen, understand the legislative process, email me your state and a little bit about you and we could get your team set up. We already have enough people in every state to form a team. We just need kind of a leadership committee to get it started because I can't, you know, stand them up all by myself. 
but we've got a lot to fight for, which is why I am so glad to be back without missing a show. <laughs> I am feeling a little under the weather, but this really gives me a drive. Thanks for all your support. Send this show to 50 of your friends and relatives. Please give us a five-star rating at iTunes. Till tomorrow, God bless y'all, and thank you for listening.